Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast, a show created to be your go-to source for straightforward retirement advice. Best of all, it is presented in a language that you can understand. Are you ready for some straight talk on retirement planning without all the fluff? Well, you found the right podcast. Here's your host, certified financial planner, Greg Gonzalez. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm Greg Gonzalez. As you can probably tell by my voice, or maybe you can't, I'm getting over a cold, so bear with me. Hopefully it's not too terrible to listen to today, but I uh, got a great podcast lined up this week talking about this new reintroduced Social Security Expansion Act. We're going to teach you all about that. But I wanted to first uh, start off the podcast by thanking a couple people. One is a woman, and I'll, I'll leave her name anonymous, but she booked a uh, retirement coaching call with me this past week, and uh, she was very, very nice. And I was able to help her talking about Roth conversions, how they might apply to her, and talking about her retirement planning. And she just mentioned what a blessing this podcast has been for her and her life, the way we explain things in a language that she can understand. And she was so nice, just an incredible woman. And, you know, hearing that from her really inspired me and just made my week, made my entire week. And I know she's listening to this and uh, hopefully she'll be able to learn even more and more as we keep the Retirement Made Easy podcast going. I get to talk to so many people that are podcast listeners that have questions that are either looking for help or looking for an advisor. And I wanted to share another couple that I met that were podcast listeners that actually drove into St. Louis to meet with me. And I asked them if I could share their story because these people absolutely blew me away. These people are two of the most kind-hearted, selfless people that I've met in my entire life. Uh, I mean, they're doing God's work every day. And I joked with them, but I mean, they should create, you know, a Hollywood movie after these people. I mean, it, it just, just hearing their story. And, and so many people say to me, well, retirement planning is, it's all the same. You know, for every person, it's going to be the same. It's not that complicated. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. And the thing is about retirement planning is everybody's situation is totally different. Their goals are different. Their family dynamics are different. And this couple is the epitome of that. And this nice couple had had very specific goals when it came to their son and daughter. They had they had two children. And I asked them, I, I kind of pried a little bit. I was like, wow, that's very interesting. I haven't heard goals like that as far as leaving a legacy for these two kids. And then I got to hear their story. Come to find out, their son and daughter are actually not their biological children. And I said, hmm, you've got my attention. I'm interested. Tell me more. So the husband started telling me stories about his little brother. And what a great dad his little brother was. And what a great friend and a great person he was. And then he kind of got quiet. And, and then he proceeded to tell a story that I was not expecting at all. This, this took me totally off guard. He said he got a call one day, just totally out of the blue. And he was told that his little brother and his wife were killed in an automobile accident. And they had two kids, a little girl who was five, and a little boy who was three. So fortunately, his niece and nephew were not in the vehicle uh, during the collision. So he said he learned a lot about kids really quick. He adopted his five-year-old niece and uh, three-year-old nephew. They became his son and daughter. And a couple years went by. And then one day at church, uh, he met this woman who had heard their story, his story and, and the kids. 
And she absolutely fell in love with not only him, but also these two adorable children. And they went on to get married. She became the kid's mom and just an amazing story. So I think they said they got married over 15 years ago. So now the the two kids, they are on their own. They're adults now, young adults. And uh, this happy couple, is they're, they're empty nesters. And they're kind of looking at getting serious about retirement planning. And just hearing their story, though, and then listening to the goals, the specific goals that they had, it just reminded me that, hey, Retirement planning needs to be so customized to the individual, and these cookie-cutter approaches are are just not going to work. And the other reminder is, let your goals be the driver of all the planning that you do. It all comes back to what your goals are and what you're trying to accomplish. And and this beautiful couple is just just a fantastic example of that. All right, I'm going to switch gears, and I I forgot to mention uh, my website. If you have questions that I can help with, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. You can submit your questions right there at the bottom of the website. You can listen to previous episodes. You can sign up for a 30-minute retirement planning session right there on the website. Check out the resources tab. Tons of resources that you can download as you're planning for your own retirement. All right, let's switch gears totally here and talk about the Social Security Expansion Act. It was just reintroduced, and I can't help but you know share my opinion on these things, so you'll have to kind of forgive me, but you'll get to hear my opinion anyway. But the whole idea, I think, behind, or it should have been the whole idea behind the Social Security Expansion Act that was just reintroduced from four people, a couple of congressmen, and then Senator Bernie Sanders and uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren are kind of leading the charge with this entire bill. And I mistakenly thought that, you know, the whole idea behind this, this bill was to just to try to keep Social Security solvent. Because as we know, right on the Social Security Administration website, it clearly says, come 2035, which is just 12 years away, Social Security can only afford to pay 75 cents on the dollar of scheduled benefits. So there's going to have to be a 25% reduction for all Social Security recipients come 2035 if nothing is done. Now, I think we can all agree that probably there's going to be some changes. I've talked about some possible changes to Social Security, some fixes, you know, on, on previous episodes of the podcast that you can check those out. We'll try to include a link to that in the show notes where you can, you know, kind of read about the proposed uh, modifications to to keep the system solvent. And that was my thinking of this whole Social Security Expansion Act was that the motivation behind it was just to to get the the system up to speed where it could pay out 100% of benefits for the next 50, 100 years, right? Well, that's not, if you read this Social Security Expansion Act, they're asking for much, much more. And that's what I wanted to highlight on today's episode, not only what it's asking for, but but how they're proposing that we pay for all this, because these are going to be su- substantial uh, changes. And I really wish I could debate these people, but you know, I'm, I'm not allowed uh, in Congress. But they start off this bill with the fact sheet. Here are the facts. One out of every seven seniors relies on Social Security for more than 90% of their income. 
one half of Americans 55 and older have zero retirement savings. One half of Americans 55 and older have zero save for retirement. And then this this fact sheet, you know, in this bill goes on to say the average Social Security benefit in this country is $1,688 per month. So it seems like the fact sheet that they're including is kind of going off of this premise that there's a lot of seniors out there that are struggling, right? A lot of them are struggling, and, and that's kind of their basis, you know, for these changes. But the fact of the matter is there's a lot of people that are receiving Social Security that aren't seniors, right? And so they're, they're trying to overhaul Social Security. Um, and, and one of the main things that they want to do, first and foremost, is to increase the Social Security benefit for all Social Security recipients by $200 per month whether you're a senior or not. So that's main point number one, is they want to increase the monthly Social Security check for all Social Security recipients by $200 per month. And so there's there's four main points I wanted to make of this bill. There's others that I'll kind of leave out because these, these four main make up the bulk of, of this bill. Number two, this thing I actually agree with, I think this is a good idea, but they do want to change how the cost of living adjustment for Social Security recipients is calculated. Right now, it's calculated based on a CPIW index, and they're wanting to change that to the CPIE index, which is for the elderly. And what it does is this really is a better indication of the spending habits of Social Security recipients, the CPIE. And to me, that that makes total sense. You know, there's a lot of people that are spending a lot of money on doctor's visits and, and medical and prescription drug prices, they keep going up and up and up. So in my opinion, for those people that are receiving their Social Security retirement benefit, I think it's smart to to track the cost of living or inflation uh, based on the spending habits of somebody in that age group. That totally makes sense. They should have done this a long time ago. So I am, that's main point number two of this bill. I actually think that's a good idea. And main points number three and four are basically how the heck we're going to pay for all this. So you've got to be saying, okay, what's the catch? If we're going to increase everybody's social security check by 200 bucks a month, how on earth are we going to pay for that? Well, here it comes. So the way it works now is people pay into social security on the first $160,200 that you earn. You pay in to social security 6.2%, and then your employer pays in 6.2% of the first $160,200. So for the people making over $250,000, they would pay in to Social Security that same 6.2% on everything above $250,000. So if you make less than $250,000, there's going to be absolutely no changes. So this is really trying to hit you know, the high income earning people. Let's use an example. Let's say somebody makes a million dollars right now. So the way it stands right now, the first $160,200 that this person makes, they're paying 6.2% into social security. Their employer is paying 6.2% into social security. For every dollar that they earn above that limit, they're not paying into social security. So what this the Social Security Expansion Act is saying is 
okay, there there would be kind of a, a grace between, you know, 160,000 and 250. And then for every dollar on the last $750,000 that this person earns, they would all pay into Social Security 6.2%. So if I took $750,000 and took that times 0.062, 6.2%, that's $46,500 that this person would be paying into Social Security. And previously, the way it worked, uh, they didn't have to. So $250,000 seems to be that magic number. But they're not going to stop there. Main point number four, for those people that make $250,000 or more, currently there's a net investment income tax of 3.8% that you would pay on capital gains for investments if you bought mutual funds or stocks and heaven forbid you bought cryptocurrency and had big gains and your income's over $250,000, currently that tax is 3.8%. It would increase 12.4%, which would take it up to 16.2% for a net investment income tax. Again, that would apply to people with incomes above $250,000. So again, we're talking about capital gains on stocks and mutual funds and investment earnings here. So with these changes, Senator Elizabeth Warren in this, in this bill is saying that the Social Security Trust Fund would remain solvent until 2096 if these changes were put into place. So as you can imagine, after hearing these, these main points uh, of this whole bill, this whole proposal, there's a lot of things running through my mind. Number one, you know, we've got a divided Congress right now. So chances of this passing are much lower now that we have a split Congress. The other thing to consider just on the, as I think more about this is, you know, you're, you're asking politicians who are high income earning people to vote for a bill that's going to really, really tax all their wealthy friends and supporters. The other thing is if you increase net investment income taxes like they're proposing, I mean, do you know what that's going to do to investors and, and the wealthy that are making these big investments? I mean, they're going to find ways to, to avoid that tax altogether. And quite frankly, I think probably they're overestimating the tax revenues that they're going to get out of that new 16.2% net investment income tax. Because if you slap an additional 12.4% tax on higher income earning people on their net investment income, man, they're going to find ways to avoid that. They're going to strategically pivot uh, to avoid that extra taxation. The other thing is this, this extra $200 per month that's for all Social Security recipients. That's a permanent increase. And then you've got cost of living raises on top of that. You know, I have many clients that I work with that they don't need an extra $200 per month. They're doing just fine. And I think they're honest, you know, humble people. They'll, they'll tell you, you know, it's really not going to change our lifestyle. We're, we've, we've got a nice retirement plan set up. Give the $200 a month extra to somebody who, who needs it. But again, this, this bill, this proposal is for every Social Security recipient, not based on need or anything like that, which I think is a big, big mistake. I mean, you know, there's, there's so many other ways they could have proposed this. They could have said, okay, for the people that are getting Social Security checks of 
less than the average social security check. So that's 1688 per month is the average social security check in this country. Maybe we'll raise those people's social security check by more than the people that are above the average. And I think I always think of my grandmother, you know, in times like this, my late grandmother, because she, man, she would tell it like it is. She didn't sugarcoat anything. But if I if I explained this to her conceptually and said, okay, you're getting this check right now. Let's say she's getting $2,000 a month for her social security benefit based on her lifetime earnings that she'd paid into social security. If I said, hey, grandma, they're going to give you an extra $200 per month. She would say, well, I paid into social security for 35 years while me and your grandfather worked. And the amount of the check that I get right now is based on how much we paid into over the years. I don't deserve that extra $200 a month. Why are they giving me that? And I really have to agree with my grandmother on this one. You know, I think your social security check should be based on how much you paid into social security, not how much somebody else, like a high income earn earning person, paid into social security. To me, that, that just doesn't seem fair. At the same time, I realize there's a lot of people that are hurting because inflation over the last 18 months or so has really hurt a lot of retirees. So I get that. But part of that inflation, you know, who's to blame for that inflation? Well, it's the Federal Reserve and these politicians that have printed trillions and trillions of dollars created a lot of this inflation. I mean, it's it's just simple economics. If If there's more dollars to go around... Well, the dollars that are there are less valuable. It's kind of like a very, very rare coin. If there were thousands and thousands and thousands of that coin, well, they would all be less valuable. But if there was only one or two in the world, they're going to be extremely valuable because they're so rare. So when you print trillions of dollars, we really can't be surprised when inflation is like it is. The other thing I want to mention is increasing taxes during a recession or as an economy is entering a recession is a bad idea. So the timing of this is, you know, it's it's pretty bad. And anybody with an economics background will tell you, yes, increasing taxes when the economy is in the toilet is a bad idea. And the reason being is because if you increase taxes on people, they have less disposable income. Their taxes go up. That means their take-home pay goes down. The amount of money they have to spend goes down. So that's less money that they can use to buy a car, to go on a vacation, go on a trip, spend in the economy, buy things, which, which is good for the economy. So by increasing taxes, they have less money to spend and they realize that and, and they spend less. So if you ask any economist, they'll tell you, well, how do you get out of a recession? How do you improve the economy? You lower taxes, you lower interest rates. People will spend more money right? Lower taxes, they got more money to spend. Lower interest rates, it's cheaper to borrow money. Money moves freely. But right now we've got high inflation, we've got high interest rates. And you know, with this Social Security Expansion Act, we might have higher taxes. So that would, all three of those just kind of push you more further and further into a recession. So I hope this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been insightful. Again, this is the Social Security Expansion Act that's being proposed by Senators Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, as well as two congressmen. I get so many questions about, you know, from not only listeners, but clients. How are they going to, how are we going to fix Social Security? Well, 
this is one proposal and it's in Congress right now. It's out of our hands. I mean, they could very well vote this through and this this becomes a law and it's going to, you know, change quite a bit. If this does pass, I will give an update to this uh, Social Security Expansion Act. So, hey, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'll see you next week. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The SmartVestor program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor SmartVestor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. Thank you for listening to the show today. Check us out at our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And if you want some help from Greg, submit your questions at the bottom of the page or sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching session with Greg. We'll see you next week.